tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He's near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Welcome to Tribal Trails. So glad that you're joining us this morning and we're here in Whitehorse. What a beautiful country it is. And we have some beautiful guests also from this area. Ruth and Reverend Martin Carroll. Glad to have you as our guest today and hear your stories about the Lord. I think maybe I'll start with you, Martin. So you are from Ontario, so what brought you to the Yukon? Well, my story is a long story. Oh, okay. My That's dad fine. was in the armed forces. We lived in the military base just north of Toronto. Yeah. And in 1968, after 25 years of service, he retired. And the same year he retired, I graduated from high school. So we had to leave that military base. And he moved to Edmonton to take a job at the University of Alberta. I stayed behind for about six months and then eventually caught up to the rest of my family and moved to Edmonton with them. And that year was a year of recession. And it was one of the coldest years on, in history in Edmonton, minus 30 every day for over 40 days. Wow. And because it was a recession, nobody was hiring except one company that I found. And that was the Hudson Bay Company. <laughs> oh, okay. So I signed up to be a, a Bay boy. And I headed north probably within 10 days of my signing up. I was in Fort Ray, now known as Bechico. And then I started to move up the Mackenzie River. I stopped at a place called Fort Norman, which is now Talita. And then spent a little bit of time relieving in, in uh, Fort Franklin, which is now called Delaney. And then from there, I moved up to Fort McPherson, and that's where my career with the Hudson Bay Company ended because I met her. Okay. <laughs> so we, yeah. within three months of meeting each other, we were in Edmonton getting married. And we've been together now for 49 years. July the 20th of this year is our 49th anniversary. Because of the military background that I have, there's a lot of drinking and a sort of like abuse, because all of the men that I ever knew or met were in the armed forces during the World War II and Korea. And so some of their lives were messed up. Mm -hmm. And you have intergenerational effects because of that, just like you do with residential school. Mm -hmm. And because of the uh, situation I was living in at home, lots of binge drinking and... Yeah and all that goes along with that environment. Yeah. I felt weak. I felt useless. So somehow I wandered down to the little Catholic church that was about a mile away. And I started working in, in, the, in the little Catholic church with the priest because I wanted some peace in my life. I, did, I wanted to get away from that, that style of life that I was living. So my journey started way back then. I became an altar boy. So I did that for a number of years until I got to a little bit older. And you know what happens when you get older, you start to wander again. Yeah. Because of the 
retirement of 1968 of my dad and my graduation, I just like became a refugee in, in my own country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. like I was step standing on the edge of the world wondering what I was to do with myself because everything that was familiar was taken from me. I discovered a piece of scripture that told me who I was. Okay. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It talks about Abraham and in his journey of faith. Yeah. And if he had to look back, he would have returned. But he kept going forward. As the Lord commanded him to go forward, he just kept going forward. And verses 13 to 16 spoke right to my heart because I'd always wondered what I was doing, where I was going, where I was heading, but all of a sudden, three little verses of Scripture spoke to me. Wow. And now I tell people this story. So that became your personal experience in Christ. That's when you started trusting the Lord? Well, it was because of her. Oh, it was, okay. She accepted the Lord and I first and I followed suit. Oh, okay, maybe I'll talk to her a little bit. So, you were born in Fort McPherson. I was born in Aklavik. It was an, uh, there was a hospital there. Oh, okay. I have a big, huge family before me, and I was the only one born in a hospital in Aklavik. We, like everybody else, we didn't stay in one spot. We were out, always out on the land, places like this, beautiful places, uh, fishing, hunting, winter time, summer, spring, fall. But uh, my grandparents came from different places. Uh, grandmother's side, they came over from Alaska. Their mother came over from Alaska with all the, with the daughters. I think her husband might have died or something. So then um, we're all over the place between uh, northern, like Yukon and the, the Delta area, Fort McPherson area, yes. So, how did you hear about the Lord? Well, I was born hearing it. I probably oh, okay. heard it before I was born. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the very good thing is, uh, way, way back, people were beginning to move north and uh, different companies and, and that kind of stuff, you know, like contact, and then everybody was coming. So, uh, one of the best things that happened was this man from Manitoba, and he was part Ojibwe and part Scottish. He knew the Lord, so he brought the Word of God with love to my people. And, and I've heard so much about him over the years. He did great work with the people. And rather than making the people learn the English language, he learned ours. He was in Alaska, northern uh, Alaska, and then uh, across the north towards the Peel River, east to the Peel River, 
and Fort McPherson was already there. So that's where, the, that's where he went. He worked with the people, alongside people. He traveled with them. He ate the food we had, and I'm sure he did his own fishing from time to time. So he really got immersed into the Gwich'in culture and at the same time the language. So when uh, he was in Alaska, he started uh, working on the Bible and language and in Fort McPherson, the work was completed. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So with a lot of elders back then speaking the language, and then we also had a lot of Métis already. Through the Hudson Bay Company, we had a lot of people that were, uh, can speak both English and the language, our language. So uh, with all of that help coming together, right. uh, our Bible was written in our language. In your language. Not everybody has it, and it's very, very sad. Yeah. And, and then not only the Bible, we also have a prayer book, we have a hymn book, and, and with all of that, our people begin, began uh, learning how to read and write. Yeah. And, and then the uh, schools, there was a school here and there, you know, far away, and some of the older uh, people in my community went there. I think they're all pretty well all gone now. To this day, you know, uh, I'm so thankful, not only myself, a lot of other people from across the north, they are thankful that uh, this fine gentleman came and worked among the people and did this good work. That's how we have the Bible. So I grew up hearing the Bible, going to the church, whether we were in town or out on the land. Sunday was a day of prayer and you don't work, you don't do anything that day unless you have to feed yourself and stuff like that. Every living thing that God has created lives one day at a time. Jesus said in Matthew 6, The lilies of the field and the birds of the air don't work. They depend on their creator to feed them and take care of them. They don't worry at all. But we humans, made in God's image, rest around in the frantic grace of life, relying on modern means of transportation and communication. We try to live two or three days at a time without realizing that we run against the creation cycle of the universe. The results are painful and sometimes disastrous. The Lord is the God of time as well as eternity. He set aside one day of the week for himself. It is the day of rest. In the creation account, we see God has blessed work as well as rest. God knows our need. After six days of work, our bodies and hearts needs to be refreshed by renewing our time with God and our loved ones.
Augustine, the early church father, was right when he said, Thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. If you have a need and like to talk to someone about that, call us. We're happy to hear from you and pray with you. Martin and Ruth are going to sing a hymn in Gwitsin. Go, go, to a residential school of course we had church services and every day we would have chapel and that continued and then when I finished school and I was when I'm at home I always go to church with my mom but I became uh, silly so I left home and uh, when I was away from home I didn't go to church because I'm thinking well they're talking about the same old stuff they, <laughs> I've heard it all already so I thought I was okay I guess but then later I found out through uh, another guy came from England. His name was um, Jeff Dixon, him and his wife Rosalind. They came to Klavik and we were hearing of people being born again and being saved. So these two guys from the Anglican church, all of a sudden they were talking that way and they came like that. We had Bible studies and they're having, they're telling us everything that, that was so important. And I knew that it was very important to really ask the Lord to forgive, forgive each one of us. We have to do that where we have to ask for forgiveness because we're, we're all the same. Nobody is better or worse. We're on the same level. And so uh, that was explained to us. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. I remember going to bed at night, and I would, uh, I'm a night hawk, he goes to sleep quick, and I'm laying awake sometimes, I'm thinking, I have to do this thing, I haven't done it yet, I gotta do that special prayer. And I just keep putting it off and I felt really bad and I'm thinking I'm still full of sin. So uh, finally, one day I couldn't, I had to do it. And my cousin came to, to visit and I 
We had uh, two, three kids at a time. I took off and I said, stay with the kids. I'll be right back. So I ran bang on the church, not the church, the um, parsonage. Yeah. I went uh, banging on their door, Rosalind answered, and, and she said, good afternoon or something. I remember just beautiful day like this. I didn't notice it though. And the first words was, Rosalind, I have to be born again. I have to do it now. And praise the Lord, Jeff, you know, and she called her husband. And so I, that's where I did it. We had that little prayer. And honestly, I couldn't believe how, how quick it took effect because um, I felt good. And then when I got outside, all of a sudden I noticed the sky is blue, the sun is shining, there's all kinds of life, there's, everything is green. It was in uh, August believe it because all of a sudden I felt really good. I was just thankful for what we had and I'm looking and I'm thinking not one of us have to plant anything. Every year it comes back because God made such a beautiful world and um, he's, there's everything we need is here. And then when I got home there's a few dishes to wash. I turned the water on as soon as that water gushed out again I felt I was just thankful, thankful for what God has done, you know, he created a beautiful place. And today we keep hearing, let's save this earth, let's do this. You know, it's up to the Lord to do all of that. If we trust that he can take care of things, I'm sure he will take us through all the difficult times. So uh, she shared about how she came to know the Lord and, and, uh, and you noticed, tell me about that. Well, I noticed that all of a sudden, instead of being that person that was kind of sometimes grumpy, sometimes responding to me in a negative tone, she started to change. And my first thoughts were when I started to notice it, I thought that she was sick. So then I began to get worried about it. And sometime not in the too far distance, I went called her aside in the back room and I said, 
Ruth, are you sick? And then she told me the story. Oh. No, I've been born again, she said. <laughs> and, I'm, and she jumped with joy because I noticed it. And that was scriptural. She wasn't supposed to tell me. I was supposed to notice it. Oh, yeah. And I did notice it. Shortly after that, I got somehow sick, ended up in the hospital. I prayed for him. <laughs> I got medivac. Something would happen. I got medivac to Edmonton three times in, a, in about a month. And by the time I got home, I wanted to know more about this Lord and his healings. So we called over Jeff Dixon, and I gave my life to the Lord at that particular time, shortly after she did. And the journey just continues. We've had a beautiful journey together. There's been ups and downs and trials and tribulations, but we still managed to make it through those 49 years, even with the cultural difference. And we recognize that in each other. Sometimes we respond to it negatively, yes, but, but most of the time we, we, re, we recognize it as being cultural differences. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Also, that's that, maybe that part of me came from that residential school. It wasn't as bad as some people experienced. Some people had it worse. And, um, but we are always sticking up for ourselves, you know, yes. yep. the students or other people. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I'm still like that pretty much. I can I hear the wrong thing and I, it just, for a while I was good, but I'm, I'm there again. I still do yes. that from time to time. Or I think it's in our nature. You came to the to the Lord, and um, then you started working in the church. I think maybe you mentioned something about that, Ruth. Well, we've always gone to church, even though before, and when the kids were born, I wasn't going to keep them away from church because that's right. how I was raised. Mm -hmm. And he came with me from time to time. And we moved here in '86, fall of '86, and. We were back in my community, Fort McPherson, and, and uh, a lot of good things happens there. You know, you just, more elders, more hearing the word of the Lord in church in my language and in English on Sundays. And so we came here and we started going to church. 
And, and then somebody started bugging him in a church to become a lay minister. And so uh, we read the Bible, we did stuff like that. Uh, when they, they started sort of pushing this thing, and we, knew, we know that wherever you work, you have to have training for it. Right. You can't just all of a sudden go up there and you know, start preaching. So we decided we needed to go to a school, and the pl best place we found was um, Briarcrest Bible College right. in, okay. in uh, Saskatchewan, okay. not far from Moose Jaw. So that's where we went. And he spent three years there. But the thing is, um, I, living in the north, uh, having not having all the services in the communities, I wanted to take courses that would help in a community. So I just picked the ones that I thought would work. And then later we also took um, biblical counseling course, and that was with Providence. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, we both have diplomas in counseling from yes. Providence. So that's what we work with, and he became ordained, and you know, we do belong like in the Anglican Church, but uh, we're hardly there anymore. He's doing mostly the jail, and okay. then, um, and wherever you go, people are there. There's people on the streets. There's people, he's done a lot of funerals. I've helped him, and uh, we just work with people wherever they are. Uh, that's where we feel most pulled to, uh, towards people. That's exactly what Jesus did when he was living on the earth. A portion of scripture that Jesus read from the prophet Isaiah on the Sabbath day in the synagogue of Nazareth laid out what he was going to do for the people. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God is merciful. He has sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to bring physical and spiritual healing to humanity. Like today's guests, people can experience God's mercy only when they realize their need and when they know that they have come to the end of themselves. They need God to intervene in their lives. Are you one of them? If you are, you can cry out to the Lord wherever you are, asking Him to deal with the sin problem in your life. If you don't know what to say to God, follow me in this prayer. Let's pray. Lord, I know that I don't measure up and that I have sinned and I just can't get anything right. Lord, forgive me, Lord, for my sin. I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. And thank you, Lord, for dying on a cross for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed, and you need further instruction with your walk with God, give us a call. That's our show for today. See you again next time. I had nothing but heartaches and troubles. I was seeking 
Save me, and you gave me life eternal. 